Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Central. I'm James, and alongside me, as always, is Raceland. And, and Raceland, we have a pretty big pay-per-view coming up this Saturday night with Double or Nothing with AEW. Are you excited for this pay-per-view or what? I am. I, I am. I am uh, extremely excited. This is the first pay-per-view that uh, you, me, and Pat got together to watch, and uh, we're gonna get together to watch it again. So. Uh, the match card looks pretty good this year. Uh, can't wait to see how uh, how things end up after the show. Uh, match I'm looking forward to most is probably the one everybody is, and that's the uh, Stadium Stampede. Yeah, I'm very excited about that match just because of the like we like I said last time uh, the possibilities of what can happen during that match when it comes to what can they do in that stadium in particular. Um, I mean, they have so many things at their disposal. I mean, like I said, they had the pools, they had, they have the dog park that's in the stadium. They have like a kind of a bar atmosphere place in there in one of the end zones. Um, just so many things at their disposal that they can are they can you can you can utilize, and just make that match you know, entertaining nonstop, um, even outside of the you know inevitable goofy spots of, as we're gonna see with Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. But I mean that match. Is going to steal the show without a doubt. I don't know if I'd say it could steal the show um, because I think Moxley and Brody Lee could be a good match. Um, let me see if I can't pull up the uh, match card in here real quick. Um, well, while you're doing that, I'll comment on what you just said. I think Moxley and Lee will be a good match. Um, however, it would depend on it. it it's just one of those things where I can see it going either way. It can be one of those where we overhype that match and it's just okay, or it can steal the show also. Um, I like the story that they're telling when it comes to that. Um, as we saw last night on AEW, John Moxley made a pretty huge statement when it comes to beating up one of uh, Brody Leeds, uh, uh, you know, uh, sidemen, per se. Um, henchmen. Henchmen, yeah. I, I, that was the word I was looking for. He, but. he broke his arm. Yeah. With a chair. Yeah. So I mean, that was a huge statement in that match, and also, and throughout the match, he did moves without even pinning the henchman in order to try to provoke Brody Lee to come to ringside. So, great story they're telling with that mat that that feud, um, and Lee stealing the championship from Moxley. Um, I'm excited to see that match, but I just don't know. I guess it's kind of unfair to compare it to what the Stadium Stampede can do because of the elements of the match. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that match, but I can see it going either way when it comes to being a good or just okay match. I think another another match that could steal the show, it, it would be uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Yes. Because if you remember, if you remember back to last year this time, uh, Double or Nothing, we, we had um, Cody versus Dustin, and uh, nobody thought that that was going to be what it was, and it ended up being match of the night. Yeah, and Dustin Rhodes um, has really, he just got a breath of fresh air when it comes to his career. Um, you know, he, he, he wasn't being used much, especially towards the end of his tenure in the WWE, and now all of a sudden he is one of the top guys in that company. Um, and here's Sean Spears, you know, same exact situation. Um, one of those good, I mean, talented guy. Fans loved him. They chanted the 10 chant every chance they got. But WWE just didn't utilize him, and now he's at AEW to where he's in a marquee spot um, at a double, double or nothing pay per view against a 
pretty remarkable legend when it comes to Dustin Rhodes and one of the the trailblazers per se when it comes to the AEW brand in itself. So another match where you look at it and you're you, it's hard not to be excited for it because you can like you said last year when it comes to Dustin and Cody, I mean match of the night for sure. Um yeah. and you just can't help but think that you know you have to throw that match in the ringer per se um when it comes to match of the night possibility looking ahead to Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to run down the uh, card here real quick. So we've got Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW Championship. Uh, Cody versus Lance Archer for the TNT Championship. Uh, that will be awarded to the winner by uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, the AEW Women's Championship match, Nyla Rose versus Ikiru Ushida in a no-disqualification match. The Stadium Stampede match, which I'll come back to that here again in a second. The Casino Ladder match, uh, the winner will be rewarded an AEW World Championship title shot in the near future. Uh, Darby Allin versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky. Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus. Also, a mystery competitor um, has yet to be named. I want to say it'll probably be a big name. That's why they haven't announced it. So maybe someone from WWE has hit their mark of non-compete clause and they're going to be moving to AEW. So I think that they're going to be in there somewhere. Um, MJF versus Jungle Boy, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris Statlander, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears, and the Private Party versus Best Friends in the buy-in pre-show match. Yeah, um... Um, a lot of matches, ten matches. It's almost ten matches. It, it kind of makes you think like this is going to be their mania for AEW the way it's set up. Um, because last year it was huge, a lot of matches, and then this year it's a lot of matches. Um, well, and and that's the way they've been. Um, they haven't really set anything as their quote unquote mania. Yeah, I mean, this could be at the. You could especially look at um, all in, or all out, whatever they want to call it. Um. Just I, I it, it really just between the two, yeah. In my opinion, um, it'll be. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you spout off the card there. I mean, the Britt Baker match is going to be fun to watch, just because Britt Baker is probably one of the best, you know, women's wrestlers in the in the business, let alone the whole well, company. It, the way it, she's developed. Talk, you you go, go ahead, finish your. Well, just the way she's it. developing, like her and her as a heel and and her own role, like she's really just. She's the head of that division and women's division in AEW, without a doubt, and and now she's to the point to where you can make an argument like she's probably one of the better characters and better wrestlers in the women's whole business side of things when it comes to women's wrestling, and I'm just I'm interested to see how she makes another leap towards that direction. Well, so you and I are talking before we started recording and there are uh, three injuries to kind of keep an eye on. Um, Dr. Britt Baker's one of them in her match on Wednesday. She uh, suffered a knee injury when Nyla Rose was dumped yeah. to the outside. Uh, she landed on Britt Baker's knee. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Matt Jackson uh, got hurt in his spot when he, was in that brawl. It, it's it's looking like he and Nick did uh, double cross body 
and that's when he might have gotten hurt. Uh, and then Ray Phoenix got hurt as well during his match against uh, Orange Cassidy or after the match, I, I suppose. Yeah. He went for a top rope move and landed awkwardly and landed short, and he landed on his hip and his back. Now, so we don't know the extent of these injuries. Right. It looks like Ray Phoenix may be the better of the three to because it, it, he's he's still being um, I don't want to say advertised because everyone's still advertised, but he it looks like he's good to go for Saturday. Right. Now, with, with Matt Jackson, we don't know if, if there's a broken bone, if something's torn, uh, or if it's just a bruise. And they we're not, pro- we're not sure. They kind of have- there's we have no idea on that. I would imagine they know somewhat today, um, you know, with it oh, almost sure. being, you know, 24 hours ago. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have an idea of what it looks like. Um, just kind of a day-by-day type of situation. I'm, I mean, I'm, I can imagine um, hopefully they can compete because this is a huge deal for both all three of those pe- uh, wrestlers. You know, it's a huge pay-per-view. Um, and it's an it's an important time right now to have that pay-per-view too, you know. Even with no fans, like right now, that's what the world needs to see is just – a good pay-per-view um, from AEW. But, you know, what matches are you excited to watch race when it comes to Saturday night? Well, we already went over that, James. Well, I'm blanking out, dude. Well, I mean, Clearly, you though. I mean, I... Because I, I, I said the stadium stampede and, and um, the, uh, the, the the ladder match and uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Those, okay. those are the matches I'm looking okay. forward to. I didn't know you said those, so that's my bad. Um... Stadium St. Pete, though, that we kind of got a little bit glimpse of that last night when they had the brawl in the stadium. Um, obviously, yeah. the Elite coming on top, um, having their logo, per se, shown on the Jumbotron. Um, and there is a ring. Uh, they announced it. I mean, there's going to be a ring in the whole – in the 50-yard line. yard line. Um, yeah. So, I'm excited. For, I mean, it, it, I just hope they use everything to their advantage. Um, and I think they will. Um, I mean, you said you didn't watch it live last night, but you got caught up on all of it. So I don't know if you saw uh, Adam Page sprinting a hundred yards to make a clothesline. Since it's being joked now is the longest clothesline in the world. Yeah, he 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 ran from almost like what eighty yards, <laughs> and it had to it had to been at least eighty yards. And I watched it live, so I, I saw I saw him in the back, and I'm like, and at first he wasn't running; he was just kind of like walking and just kind of moving around. So I'm like, okay, is is it Paige or is it uh, just some rando person? And then they, he starts running across, and it's I'm still confused. And then I see him running toward the action. I'm like, okay, so it's Adam Page. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, I was confused at first. Yeah, and I, I was too. And then until he got to about the thirty-five to forty-yard lines, when it came clear, and then the announcers uh, obviously announced it was Adam Page and how he came out of nowhere. But yet we saw him, like you said, from already back in the distance. Um, I'm just, it will be weird though, um, you know, because they've been doing empty shows the whole time during this pandemic. Right. Um, right. But I guess like they were able, they've been able to like. I wouldn't say hide it, um, because they. I mean, they've done a good job, you know, having the wrestlers around the ring as a crowd noise. 
Um, but they're, they've been in the Daly's place, which is right next door to the stadium. Um, yeah. And they've been doing a lot of shots. Like, you know, you have the ring and then the stage, you know, back there. But I wonder how they're going to be able to hide it this time. Like, how are they going to make it look to where you're not looking at 80, like about 75,000 seats? You know what I mean? Empty. Close-up shots. Close-up and, shots. I mean, it's easy to do, but it's just – I'm curious to see. I mean, it, like, it probably will be close-up shots. If, if you get them back in, like, say, the pool area or back in, you know, concession areas or whatever, if you get them back there, then, then you're not going to have to worry about seeing a lot of fans. Yeah. But when it comes – I mean, you have to pin them in the ring. Yes. Or and, no, is it, it, it's false count anywhere, isn't it? I think so. I mean, I know they made a comment how they can go out the whole stadium, but I'm not sure I think if it is full. I think it, I think it is full. It's kind of newer. The more I, the more I think about it, I have to uh, look I, it I up. Think I, I, I think I remember Tony Schiavone saying it is it is um, uh, false kind of newer. Yeah, but, it, um, it almost has to be because you're not going to be in, let's say, the pool area. When do, do you realize how many referees they're going to have to have for this? Um, because. Let, Four, I mean, five because max. Ah, uh, you'd probably have to have more. Well, I guess you wouldn't, because if you if you say, okay, we'll stick one referee to each member of the elite or the inner circle, then you've got one referee around at all times. Right. So, because I mean, how would you? The question would have been like, how how can you tell like if if Chris Jericho is trying to pin Matt Hardy on one side of the stadium, but inside the ring, Sammy Guevara is trying to pin Matt Jackson? Yeah, you, it's going to be. You have to I sign. Think, I think something might play out that way, um, in regard because I don't know if they're going to be just done with this match or this feud after. The pay-per-view, I don't think this is going to be a write-off match. Um, because with the Young Bucks just now coming back, they haven't gotten their revenge yet. Um, right. So I don't think this, this feud is going to be done. So I, I could see something along the lines of uh, a double pin, uh, one from each team, or a double submission from each team. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, I'll have to wait and see on Saturday, yeah. but... I mean, you would have you would have to assign a referee to some to a member of either the elite or the inner circle, and You'd have to. just hope that they can keep up. Um, I'm sure they can because they'll be in good shape. But yeah, that it, it, you almost have to do that because they're going to be all over that stadium. Um, yeah, you know they've they yeah. kind of been. You know, the first time they went to the stadium, it was all over the place, the golf cart and everything. But then, I just feel like we this, don't speak of the we don't we don't speak of the golf cart. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, it hits Sammy Guevara, and that that upsets me. Yeah, um, I mean, golf carts make for yeah, deadly um, weapons, man. I mean, just ask Kane and uh, Big Show and Raven from WrestleMania Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that, <laughs> that definitely was a dream. That was hilarious, um, though. I mean, just seeing <laughs> Kane <laughs> drive on a golf cart. Driving um, in a golf cart, hitting people. <laughs> I'm gonna need to go back and watch that match. I mean, yeah, that match was. I don't think that match gets enough credit. Um, obviously, we're getting. I don't think it, doesn't it doesn't. I mean, you look at that match. I mean, I'm Raven coming down the ring with a buggy full of goodies. Um, yeah. Always did though. 
Yeah, I know, but it, just everything in that match, though, was just uh, admit like it told a story, but it was also brutal. Um, right. Although someone get what well, who was a Raven that got tucked uh, tossed through the plexiglass on the backstage uh, by Kane, oh, yeah. the Big Show. Yeah. Just yeah. Great match, but uh, getting off topic here. Um, we can have a whole show about that match yeah, and that well. mania. And, and, and we, we will eventually, James and I have talked, we're going to, at some point, we don't know when exactly, um, get together and watch old pay-per-views and, uh, and, and just comment on them as they go. We're not right. going to do it live or anything. We're not going to do live reactions to WrestleMania next year or, or even to the to the pay-per-view this weekend. But let's say a month down the road, we want to get together and watch WrestleMania 17 and, and record just like the, the entire dialogue from, from the two of us on the pay-per-view. We're going to do it eventually. We just yes. don't know when. Yeah. Um, it's probably, you know, within the next month or two, um, but that could change obviously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, there's so much wrestling content out there, whether you go from, you know, WWE, even back when it was the WWF, um, you know, WCW, even TNA back in the 2010s. I mean, the ECW, I mean, there's just so much wrestling content out there that I don't think we'd be doing justice if we just stuck to, you know, the, the current day, you know, because there are some great gems out there that doesn't oh, yeah. get talked yeah. about a lot and it doesn't get its due diligence when it comes to man that was actually a pretty good show i mean in considering race i mean you got to think you know back i mean let's look at the ruthless aggression era i mean the, the wwe's making a documentary on it that's almost 20 years ago i mean that's it's insane to think yeah. that yeah. um you know it started almost 20 years ago i mean what 16 17 years ago um oh it's just insane because you know we grew up in that era we grew up i mean we, we, we were pretty much babies during the Attitude Era, and then really we were able to have actual memories of being able to remember where you were at certain points during that Ruthless Aggression Era. So it's, yeah. just, it's just so much things that we can dabble into and just watch again and just get... And it even makes us learn because of things like, like I said. I mean, we forget a lot of things just because of how much content is produced every single week when it comes to all these wrestling right, companies. Right. And we're not we're not going to take away from from any of these shows from any of the uh, from any of the normal shows we do. This is these are going to be the extra shows right. that we do. Right. So if we were, if we do it on a Saturday, we're still going to record on a Sunday, right. or vice versa. If we record this show on Sunday, we're going to do it on Saturday. We're going to do the paper right. on Saturday. Right. So we're again we're not going to take away from any of these shows. It's going to be extra stuff. So right. Um, so yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll have more on that when we get closer to the opportunity. Right. Uh, but back to AEW. Um, so we have the ladder match, the casino ladder match, where the winner receives an AEW World Championship match. Again, the participants include Frankie Kazarian, Kip Sabian, Luchasaurus, Colt Cabana, um, Scorpio Sky, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, and Darby Allen, and a mystery competitor. Um, so I'm on Bleacher Report right now, trying to see who who they think could be the mystery competitor. Um, 
and so they, they, they dive a little bit into it, not much, but so they think that that from from WWE it would it could be um, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, or possibly Rusev um, in the match. Um, independent stars such as Brian Cage or Jeff Cobb, who, who Jeff Cobb was on Dynamite earlier in the year, uh, could be uh, the most intriguing one. Would be Drew Gulak. Now his his contract ran out. Yes. He wasn't let go. He wasn't released. He wasn't fired. So he he's free to to work for whomever, whenever right. he pleases. Because that 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 thirty to ninety day no compete clause only comes if if you're released or fired. Right. Well, okay. So actually, I don't know about fired, but released. If if you're released, you can't. You, you have like ninety day no compete clause. But again, his ran out. So it. I, I don't know if it would be him. We'll see. Um, but AEW stars, they think it could be uh, possibly Jimmy Havoc or Pineapple Pete. Havoc would make... I think Havoc would be really well in that match. Um, when it comes to the guys you just listed, when it comes to possible you know guys coming to the company and that mystery spot... Um, Drew Gulak was the first one that came to my mind just because we know for a fact like he doesn't have a clause where he can't compete with AEW um, or any right. other company. Um, he is a guy that, I mean, people know who Drew Gulak is. I mean, even if he didn't get a big push in the WWE, like people still know who he is. He's still a big-name guy. And plus, he was a big indie star before he went to WWE. Right, and uh, you can argue like he, his, indie, his indie scene exposure was a lot better than it was when he was with WWE. You could argue that. Oh well, yeah, because he he was he. I, if I'm not mistaken, he was big in Evolve. Right, and like, he, was, he was a big part of Evolve. Yeah, and I think he would be a great fit with AEW. I mean, because I mean, AEW has so many good. I mean, he would fit in with the in ring style with AEW. I think tremendously. Um, I think he would too. And 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 when it comes to that ladder match, I mean, I think he would mesh with those guys. Just as good. I mean, he. Right. It would be interesting to see. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that match, and I think he could possibly win that match. I don't know. I mean, I would probably put him second behind Darby Allen or Darby all. Yeah, Darby Allen and um. Man, uh, I would don't think Cabana's winning that match. I don't think Luchasaurus. Uh, no. Luchasaurus, right? I don't think he's winning that match. No. Um, I mean, I, I think it would be you'd almost have to go Havoc to Gulak. Allen to Gulak. I mean, that'd be my prediction. That would be mine. Yeah. Just because Darby yeah. Allen. I mean, since the the start of AEW, um, or Orange Cassidy. I think Cassidy could win it. So maybe third for Gulak. I think it could be Havoc, not Havoc. Um, uh, Allen, Cassidy, then Gulak would be my in order. So. Orange Cassidy, to me, is, and, and there, there, there's no way I should be comparing the two, but based on the fact that their gimmicks are goofy, Orange Cassidy, to me, is the current Otis from WWE, well, when it comes to AEW. So, I, I see what you're saying, though. I don't think you're too far off. Because if you look at the two, I mean, they're goofy, but they're goofy in their own way. But the similarity right. Orange is... Cassidy, they're... Orange 
and he doesn't have any offensive moves except for two goofy little uh, eh, right. eh kicks. But, he keeps his hands in his pockets. He's always got his sunglasses on. But this is what you and I got in an argument about uh, about Otis is if Cassidy's in the main event with John Moxley, you're going to tune in because you're going to wonder what can happen. Um, I think I'm not going to wonder what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Moxley's going to win. Well, and I think so too. But you're still going to tune in because it's Orange Cassidy's that mega star, one of the mega stars in that business. Uh, people are interested in his character. They're interested in him putting his hands in his pocket. I mean that. So I I I don't know what it is. I love the character. I think it's funny. But then again, I don't like it because I think it's too funny. If that makes sense. Um. Like I think, I, in my opinion, he's too over. What do you mean he's too over? He's too over for my liking. But what does like, that mean, though? Like this this big enormous fan base. Well, that, like people really believe in this guy, and I'm like, I don't know about this. So. My it's so so again going back to him and Otis. He's to me he's got a bigger fan base than what Otis does. Well, by far. And and that's that's what gets me about it. But why does it get you though? I mean, because I mean, for one, maybe because I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Orange Cassidy. Uh, I mean, again, it. I don't I don't know what it is. I, I honestly have no idea what it is. I'm just not. Um, well, what's the word? I'm not. I'm not really into what he's what he's doing. You're not really Again, feeling it, which is funny. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I'm just not. He he just doesn't have. I don't want to say he doesn't have it. He doesn't. He he just doesn't do it for me. I don't, I don't, and, I don't and, know what it is. Again, I think he's funny. The character is a good character. I just don't well, know. I mean, I can I respect your opinion on that. I really do because I can see why you wouldn't be into. I mean, how he wouldn't be making you and making yourself invest in that character, um, or have make you feel like that's the guy for you. You know what I'm saying? I can I respect yeah. that. However, what I want to re- go to rebuttal with is the too over comment. Like, I don't understand what you're trying to say there because if that's the case, like, was The Rock too over? I, was Stone I, Cold I too so, over? No, so so. Well, because The Rock had it. Stone Cold had it. Taker had it. I'm not saying Orange Cassidy doesn't have it because we don't know. Right. But, but, and I guess two over was the wrong thing to say. Maybe it's, maybe like, for me. Okay, so, so when when I said that, I guess to me, I feel like his character is something that shouldn't really be all of that over, over as much as it is. Right, but if you look back in the history of the WWE, the funny characters are the one that tends to get over like this. I mean, if, it, look, I mean, The Rock was serious, but he was funny. Stone Cold was serious, but he was funny. But if you want to even look back in the back to when we were kids, look, remember Eugene? How you know a lot of people didn't like him, but then you had that people that loved him because of the comedy as- aspect of it. I mean, you had you know Degeneration X. They were goofy. They did goofy stuff. But they could be serious in the ring, but that people hated them because of the goofiness. But people loved them because they were funny. So I see what you're saying, but I do think there's a lot of. Uh, I wouldn't say like obviously I'm not comparing 
you know, the overall success of Cassidy to uh, The Rock or Degeneration X, like that, I'm not right, trying to do right, that. Right. But they do have some aspects when it comes to the silliness in their, in their characters and what they portray on TV and what, as we fans see. Um, and that's probably why we like them because, I mean, we love comedy. Us as people love comedy. I think that's one thing that attracts us to some things. Like if a thing makes us laugh, it makes us feel good, and that's really what we're trying to do when we watch, you know, 19 hours of wrestling, it seems like, uh, every week. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't, I, oh. I don't know what it is with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I, again, I like yeah. the character. I think he's funny. But something about it just doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, I can respect that. Like I said, I respect I, that 100%. I respect that for sure. I don't know. But let's move on to NXT wrestling because uh, they, too, were on last night, uh, as they are they every Wednesday night. We haven't talked about them at all. Probably what, 20 minutes in. We're over half almost a, about a half hour in, so it's hard. But we haven't even talked about them, so there we go. We got the last half hour for NXT. But I will say this: that just shows that AEW had a really good, good go home show. If we already talked oh, about it for a half hour with nothing else, that just shows, like, man, they had a really good well, show. Yeah, we, we hardly talked about the go home show. We talked about the pay per view more than anything. Right, but but that's the thing. Like, what's the go home show supposed to do? It's supposed to make you excited for the pay per view. If they made us this excited about Saturday, they did a great job. But let's talk NXT. I mean, what things stood out to you when it came to last night's episode? Oh, I got to think back to last night. Um, let's see. Uh, at your house, or uh, in your house, we're gonna get uh, Champa versus is it Carrion Cross? Is that his name now? Yeah. I don't like that name, but okay. Um. Bernie, those two, not a, a fan of the idea of the two of them because one of them is going to have to go under and it's too early to bury uh, Cross. So, yeah. Sorry, Jump, but you're going to have to lose this one. Um, and it's not a bad thing, I, I suppose. When I say it, it sounds like a bad thing. It's not. But, um, I mean, I'm a big Champa guy, so I, I don't like to see him lose. Um Charlotte Flair, I don't know what her deal is. I mean, she she obviously doesn't play nice with others as we've seen before. But I mean, well, she so and so champions do this from time to time. They're some of the the, the heel champions. They will um, kind of screw themselves over because uh, I mean that that match really had no implication on title match or anything. But now I think that. And in your house, it's going to be a triple threat yeah. between between Flair, Ripley, and uh, Shirai. So instead of just facing one competitor, Charlotte now has to probably face two. Uh, you think that the uh, heels would learn eventually, but no. And then uh, and the last thing that really got me last night on the NXT was uh, Drake Maverick won. So him, Kushida, and Jake Atlas are tied now. At two and one, and there will be a triple threat next week to decide um, who will face El Hijo Del, Del Fantasma yeah. uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, the the odds are stacked against uh, Maverick there. Um, you know he he's been on a hot streak though. I mean, yeah. he's been on a very hot streak. I think he's only had one loss in the whole tournament. Um, yep. Was it the first very first match he lost, and then he's been on his winning yep. streak. So, yep. but when but if you had to bet, a, if you had to put your money on a guy, 
that'd be the guy to put it on right now. Like, cause he oh, has yeah. everything to yeah. fight for. He has everything. He has everything to fight for. Really, he has nothing to lose. He's technically not employed by the WWE anymore. I mean, they're just kind of letting him do this. So he has everything to gain, nothing to lose, and that's a guy that you have to be afraid of almost. Right. I I wish they would have had somebody else from Group B. Um, I mean, I, I've seen um, Phantasma work before, but uh, I think it's too early for him. So I think yeah. whoever comes out of um, Group A, whether it, I think it would be too early for Jake Atlas. Now, if you put Atlas versus Phantasma, I'm going Phantasma. Yeah. Um, because he, he's got more veteran experience in NXT now that, than uh, Jake Atlas does. Um, at least from what I've seen anyway yeah. on TV and uh, so, but if you put Kushida or Drake Maverick in them in that match if one of those two win the triple threat next week I'd put my money on them especially Maverick to win well, it all I mean that's what it seems like it's going to but you know the, I can't help but think you know we we're going to get to the finals I think Maverick's going to the finals right because people want to see Maverick win and win his job back um, but I can also see a, a situation where Maverick makes the championship, but gets beat loses. in the finals. Um, loses. Yeah. I can see it. But either way, I see Maverick in the finals because people will tune in. People will see. Oh, yeah. They want people to see how won. that story ends because this has been a story ever since the release of that, although the plethora of the releases they made, um, and then Maverick made that video and said, hey, they're going to let me compete in this tournament. And that's when the story started. And here we are, and we're about to reach the pinnacle of that story, and now we want to see how it ends. So the the, the big question that was floating around once all of this kind of got started and now that he's he, he's in that triple threat match, do you think it was a shoot? <sighs> or do you, you think he got he was let go for real? And they saw the feedback from his video, and now they they say, well, now we kind of can't get rid of him. Um, I, I think originally they, like I said, I think originally they wanted to get rid of him. I, I think, think I think initially they wanted to get to release him, and but when that video was made and, and how it pretty much exploded all over social media, um, I think. You know, and, and let me tell you, if if live audiences were allowed in the arenas, I mean, that'd be the probably one of the loudest pops. He'd be getting a lot of cheers. He would have the loudest pop. He he would be the biggest was. face in the company right now on all three brands because yeah. people are attached to him because they want to see Drake Maverick stay. And and, and that's a, that, so that's the thing with him is like he they got rid of him and they never really gave him a chance. I mean. He, he was 205 Live GM. Well, that didn't work out well. Neither did a GM for any other brand except for uh, William Regal. Um, and he's not even on TV right now because I, I presume he – I don't know what he's doing, but I'm not going to presume anything. I know he, he – I'm pretty sure he was sick with – he had COVID-19 for a minute, but he hasn't been on TV in a while. Um, Maverick was then uh, – he, he, he was the manager for the Authors of Pain – that didn't last long because one was, of them got hurt. Well, that but so that did, that one was goofy. I mean, he did not fit with that stable. No, he definitely didn't fit. But he he just hasn't really had 
the opportunity to show what he can do, and now he has the opportunity. And now I think they're they're, they're kind of going back and thinking, well, maybe 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 we have something here. Well, let me t- let me point something out to you. Look at all the things you just listed, right? None of those were yeah. in ring. They were managerial. That's what, that, 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 that's what I was saying. He like, hasn't had an opportunity to prove what he could do in the ring. Right. And that's and, why they're kind of looking back now. They might be looking back now thinking, what do we have? But that, I don't think that happens. I mean, obviously, it happened. It does happen because, of, as he said in the video before it went viral, like he was getting the chance to compete in this tournament. Yeah. But now, I don't think he lasts as long if that video doesn't blow up. Like, if it didn't go no. viral, he would probably be eliminated He'd after be one or two nights. 0 and 3. Well, Done. Well, so, it, so yeah. you got three matches guaranteed. Right. So, he, he would have been, he probably would have been 0 and 3 if still in the match at all. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, he has to win this. I mean, he has to at least win the triple threat to get to the finals. He has to. He has to. You'd think. You'd think. I hope so. Um, but, something else that stood out to me that I, I forgot about at first. Um, Timothy Thatcher versus uh, Matt Riddle next week in a cage match. Don't like it that it's on TV. Um, I would have rather seen this be an in-your-house thing. Yeah, me too. Because, for one, I mean, they already had a match last week. Um, Then, you know, obviously the match gets announced. And then right next week we have a cage match. Like, they could let the story develop into something more. Right. And with a cage match, like, for me, like, that's where a feud goes if, you know, when it yeah. picks up heavy steam. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think it should be an in-your-house match. But maybe, again, ratings. Like, maybe they're just trying to get back in the ratings column because AEW's been beating them. They very well could be. Um and with AEW coming off of their pay-per-view, um, I don't know if next week for this cage match would have been the right time because people are going to want to tune in if they didn't buy the pay-per-view. Right. And they don't know much. If they don't look up spoilers, they're going to want to know who won. Right. On Saturday. So, good on WWE for putting, for trying. But I don't think, again, it's not the right time to... To do it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I just don't know if this match is going to be enough to attract people who want, if they don't order pay-per-view to right. see. I mean, because that's the thing. Like, AEW, you had to pay what? It's what a normal pay-per-view fee, right? I mean, it's over 30 bucks. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. Look it's probably that up. 60 Look again. that up. It's that way we're accurate. Again. But, hey, so, so what caught your eye last night? Um, One thing that caught my eye is... uh. You're going to be probably flabbergasted, but you know why. Uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor becoming a match. Um, I like Damian Priest uh, back in his Ring of Honor days as Punishment Martinez. Um, I liked him then. I caught it back when I saw him on Ring of Honor every late night, Sunday night, midnight. Uh, hey, he's going to be a WWE wrestler one day. I just knew it. He had the size. He had the. He just he was great in the ring. So I just knew, it kind of match made in heaven when it comes to. WWE right. and what they look for. Um, and here he is, you know, on NXT and going after one of the biggest stars when it comes to NXT history. Um, I think Finn Balor can bring the best out of 
Damian Priest, which is I'm super excited for. Um, Because to my recollection, recollection, I don't think he's had a match against a guy of Finn Balor's caliber. And so so I'm excited to see what can happen in that match. Um, Obviously, Cross and Champa. I mean, how can you not be excited about that match? Um, Me, I'm concerned too, like you are about, you know, you can't have Cross lose on his, you know, one of his first matches, right? Um, his first pay per match, right? Yeah. He's too new. Yeah. He's too new. Too new. And Champa, he, he's already, he's over. He's already a top star. He's not going to benefit, like, at least from a fan perspective, he's not going to benefit too much if he, lo- like, if he wins. But Cross. Right. No, he, he definitely wouldn't because Cross is too new. Right. And I think if you Cross beats Champa, um, that puts a lot of the heel. Stu- uh, attributes on him and makes a right. name for himself. I mean, we saw the vignettes, oh. we saw the attack, but to actually pin Champa right in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, it's going to be huge. However, I think it will be a dirty finish. I think some. I think Cross's a uh, manager is going to get involved. And, Charlotte Bordeaux. Yeah. Charlotte Bordeaux. See, I didn't say her name because I would have butchered that. I would have butchered that Charlotte so Bordeaux. bad. Um, I think she's getting involved. She's getting involved. Probably. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, nothing really caught my eye last night, especially when it comes to AEW. Yeah, um... We we saw... Going back to AEW real quick, we saw Marco Stunt versus uh, MJF. Obviously, that's that was leading up to... Jungle Boy versus MJF at, at uh, double or nothing. Right. So, I, I think at some point, Marco's going to get involved. Um, Luchasaurus might get involved. Wardlow for uh, MJF will definitely get involved. So, I don't know. Um, oh, and one last thing uh, on AEW. Sean Spears last night, hey, he, he had a, a, a promo. It's called the Sean Spears News, SSN, um, where, he, where he called out Dustin Rhodes for that match and, and, and AEW brass and said, okay, no, I've called him out. Now this match is going to happen. That was a brilliant promo. Yes. But, but with one spot left, and I, I get scripting and, and you know mystery, all that, I'd have been like, I, who cares about this mystery opponent for the battle or for the ladder match? Uh, I'm putting my name in the hat. I'm going to be in this match. Screw the mystery person. Yeah. You can still have the mystery person make it an even 10 man instead of nine, which is an odd number to have in a ladder match. Very odd. Uh, I mean, I, I'd rounded it off to 10, but I mean, I, I get it. He, he and he and Dustin have got, had this little feud going on for a minute, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it ends that feud, but also, I think he gets more benefit from the Dustin match long term. He, he, he probably would. He probably would. Because, um, let's say he wins the ladder match, right? He wins the ladder match. He doesn't beat Moxley. Really, it doesn't really do a whole lot for him. Right. But right. you beat Dustin Rhodes, who's, like I said, the trailblazer when it comes to starting this company. And uh, all t- and, a, and a wrestling legend because he's been so great for so many years. That does a lot for you. Right, right. Um, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, where are we at time-wise now, real quick? Oh, man, we're at 44 minutes. Give 44 or take. minutes. Yeah, give or well, take. We so not much to talk about for NXT. I know we said we'd take a half hour, but I forgot yeah. we've got one segment to do. I gave you some homework to do. You gave me some homework, and I did it right after we got done recording. <laughs> I watched the episode of The Undertaker, Last Ride, Chapter 2. So, uh, thoughts? So good. It was good. It, it, it topped it the first good. episode. It did. I, it, it, it really did. I will say brutal, though. Because when they did the the scene with him going to surgery, and they actually showed like some footage in the room, when they were pounding that metal pin, oh my, I, I cringe, dude. See that stuff like that, it, it might make me cringe, and it might not. And if it doesn't, I think it's really cool. It it, it was cool to see, but man, dude, like again, I I I've probably said this before. I'm gonna say it again. I don't know how one person can watch this documentary and complain about Undertaker. I, I just don't know. I mean, seriously. I don't know how you can I don't know how you can complain about Undertaker in general, but people do because people and that's what we like to call in this business, people are marks. Yes. And I think people complain because let's face it, I mean, one thing that I've expressed is that I don't like how they they rely on veterans too much, right. um, but I never said about the Undertaker because the Undertaker is the Undertaker. He will always be a pinnacle of the WWE, um, and also, I mean, like we're seeing this documentary, he's always about the business. He's not about the Undertaker. He's not a. When was the last time we saw Undertaker hold a championship? Oh, it's been forever, apparently. From. My knowledge, what I want to say, early 2010s, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, but the same cannot be said about the others that came in the bit, you know, who came and in, in their 50s. Shoot, Goldberg was just WWE champion at uh, WrestleMania. Right. So, but yeah, going back to the documentary, I mean, it's just, I don't know how, and plus, I liked seeing the more personal side. Um, one of my favorite parts of the whole documentary, Raceland, was when they're on like that balcony and you had Michelle McCool and Undertaker sitting there and you know, Michelle McCool was like, you know, kinda bragging a little bit, like how how Taker's after her and everything. And one of the you know, it seemed like one of the kids was like, I you want like, you know, she responded to one of the kids that were below, so like, you want me to come down and Taker's like, please, yes. Yes, like, please, yes. <laughs> that just shows like you have this wrestling icon, the great, arguably one of the greatest of all time. He's like, a, he's just a regular guy. Yeah. Like he's one of yeah. us, and that for me just makes him one of my like makes me even more of a fan of him. Yeah, no, he he he, he definitely is. Uh, he he definitely is human. Yes. Human is is uh, the best way to put it. Yes. Um, definitely excited for next week's episode. Because it's going to feature now Kane and, and Triple H, Shawn Michaels, because they're going to talk about that horrendous, horrendous match in Saudi it, Arabia. It seems like they're going to talk about all of his Saudi Arabia matches. Because the, 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 I'm waiting to see if they talk about the Goldberg one. They have to. They have to. They I mean, have to. Because that was probably the worst match. I say if, if Taker feels bad about his matches at, at his match against Roman Reigns, 
what's he going to say about his, his Saudi Arabia matches? But yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely intrigued to see where they uh, where they go from here. Um, three episodes left. Uh, I don't. I mean, it, it obviously was recorded all the way up through. I think up to WrestleMania this year. I don't know if it if it was recorded at WrestleMania, right? Or his his match at WrestleMania. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, I just we'll have to. I'm, I'm excited to see what what happens from here. Yeah, I am too. Um... I, I, I just, I guess, I, I just wonder what his thoughts are when it comes to the Goldberg match. Um, I don't know, like obviously Undertaker's a competitor, and he felt horrible about that Roman Reigns match, but I think you know a big, like everyone's probably thinking, well, that was because he wanted Reigns to have that moment because how big it was. But this Goldberg match is just as big. Like this was huge because it never happened before. Yeah. Um, it was a big match, but. If you remember Raceland, there were so many different elements that contributed to that match. One, you know, the heat. I mean, it was like 100 degrees when they took the ring. Um, yeah. It was, trust me, as a person that was in the arena that night at WrestleMania 33, it was not 100 degrees. It was like in the 80s. So, and a breezy night, by the way. It was pretty breezy uh, right. to, the, to right. the point to where I was wondering if they would show this. So, like, when Taker made his entrance at WrestleMania 33, uh, I don't know if you saw it at home, but one of the the fire things kind of lit the, some of the stage on fire. Cause no, the, yeah, I saw that because of the breeze. Eddie and I were watching it, and we saw it happen. Right. So yeah. I, I don't know. I just love this documentary. I think it's a perfect time to do it because you know there's even Taker said it himself. It, it's not going to be much more matches for him going forward. I mean, a lot more is. His matches are pretty much in his rear view mirror. He's going to have a few more, but not it. Yeah. But yeah. Let, me, let me ask you about this. You know, the Vince McMahon stuff. Okay. I mean, people rag on Vince, but we keep seeing how great of a – I mean, how he is when it comes to people he cares about. And my goodness, right. it, I mean, my level of respect for Vince just went up another 10 notches after watching that episode. And mine, mine did too. Mine did too. Um but, but Taker said it. Um, if you're loyal to Vince, Vince is going to be loyal to you. And yeah. Taker's been loyal to Vince ever since he got to WWE. Yeah. You know, he saw all these guys like Hogan, Hall, and Nash, he, uh, Savage, all of them jumping ship going to WCW. Yeah. And he had just come from WCW, and he's, I don't want to go back. Right. I, I'm not going back. I'm going to stay here where I've got this good thing going. Right. And... I, I think that's huge. I mean, that just shows you the person that Vince is. Um, I, it's just unfortunate that he gets so much crap from a lot of different people because some of the decisions he make, whether you like the decisions or not, like you can't hate the person himself. You know what I mean? And right. they're, they're business decisions for a reason. Now, right. Th- this last round of, of firings was questionable because, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, I was watching What Culture, or not What Culture, but uh, Cultaholic, and they talked about it, and apparently they're losing money by letting these guys go, by yeah. letting these superstars go. That They weren't saving money at all. Like, they were actually going to lose money. It just makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Um, I mean, a lot of that happened after the XFL folded, too. I mean, it... Which, to talk about that real quick, not to get it too far off subject, but... Um, People are now believing that Vince is going to 
he he went to bankruptcy so he can buy it back for cheaper costs when all of this is said and done. I I don't even know what's going to happen with that anymore, man. It it was well, so we haven't heard we haven't heard a lot more from um uh, who, what, what what was the dude's name uh, Andrew Luck's dad Oliver, Oliver Oliver Luck yeah he so he he pretty much oversaw the day to day operation for the XFL and he was suing Vince for not paying him his full salary right for not for not paying him out so. And we haven't again. We haven't heard much from that. So maybe Vince talked to him, and he's like, "Hey, look, we're going to continue this thing once this pandemic is over with." I just went bankrupt, so I can get it back cheap. And maybe I mean, we'll, only time will tell for sure. Um, in, right. in that realm, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm very like I said. I mean, it, it seems like all these episodes. I mean, set number two was better than the first one. The first one was really good. Um, yep. I think this third one's going to be better. I think it's going to top number two, but I think it's going to top it because we're really going to, I mean, a lot of these matches happen real recent. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be so interesting on how he feels about his last few matches. Because um, I can only imagine we're going to get the Boneyard match towards the end of this documentary. and he. Yeah, yeah. But also, the, if, if, if they if they filmed up that far, I think they did because I think I, I think they did. If I if I remember correctly, I think they did too. Yeah, because if you look at the preview from even before the first one aired, that some of the boneyard stuff was hinted in it. Um, right. But yeah, the John Cena stuff. I mean, I, I mean we remember we watched it together, WrestleMania thirty four, and we we, we even yep. said, man, that match was quick. Taker was even yep. kind of disappointed that that match was so quick. Because um, well, he got back in, he, he, he put so much effort into getting back into shape, and he goes out there and he, oh, I want more. I wanted to be out there longer. He, and he said he was ready to go 45 minutes before the match even started. And for him to be ready for 45 minutes, to be warmed up, to go out there and have his match and say, I want to be out there longer, that's saying something. Well, and I believe him. I mean, I said it that night. I mean, I was like, that's probably the best takers looked in a long time. I mean, he was moving quick. I mean, he he looked energized. I mean, that match. But you know what though? I think him beating John Cena in that fashion just made a statement. Like, man, he was back. Just because it was boom, boom, boom. What three to four minutes, five tops, and he just beat one of the best of all time. It. I think it was a. Looking back on it, that's how. It was perfect the way it was. But. Speaking of Michelle McCool, though, it's, you know, I never really knew much of the behind the character of Michelle McCool until within the last year. Um, right. She, I mean, I think she's like a huge motivation. I mean, I mean, Taker said it himself. He wouldn't know what he would do without her. But just oh, yeah. the way they support each other. Like, my final thought is... Um, for next week's NXT, I mean, I, we kind of hinted about the steel cage match and the AEW uh, fallout show being at the same time. NXT, I hope they bring something out of the hat. I mean, they're trying with the steel cage match, but make something interesting right out the gate um, that does not include Charlotte Flair um, to make me want to stay on that channel when 8 o'clock hits rather than go and switch over to AEW, even though I know the results because we're watching it live, but... Make me stay on that channel for once. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
this is a good final thought. Um, my final thought kind of revolves around the same thing. Um, and, and it's actually quite, quite coincidental. Uh, but uh, AEW and the NXT need to uh, have something for me because there were times last night where I didn't really feel like watching what they had on. So what did I turn it to? I turned on NASCAR. That's bad. For a few minutes. Yeah. I turned on NASCAR for a few minutes because they didn't have anything else I wanted to watch. So I get it. You don't know what is going on when for, for the competition, but you need to have something ready to go at all times. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 they need to have that's why like you said they need to have something that's going to keep me tuned into the TV to right. their channel now that that sounds terrible but I mean it, it is what it is it sounds terrible but you're 100% correct I mean I feel like recently especially you know after the pandemic hit it's been far fetched to do that I mean if you look at Raw this past Monday night nothing extremely exciting happened it was just a Raw um, same thing with SmackDown. I mean, outside of the Otis situation, which it's not enough to keep me on one channel, um, it's been very forgettable. And then Wednesday nights, oh, well, like that, that, that Braun Strowman caterpillar, though. That Braun Strowman caterpillar was hilarious. But he was doing the caterpillar. The caterpillar. He was doing push-ups. <laughs> yeah, dude. Still better than my caterpillar, but hey. Um, well. But but that's not going to be something to keep you channel because that's one of those moments where you just happen to catch it because you're watching it. Um, yeah, I'm with you, dude. They got to start doing something that make you intent watch for two to three hours a night. Intent watch, not watching it while on your phone or while you're doing dishes, whatever. Make your butt sit in that seat and watch the channel for three straight hours or two straight hours in some cases to watch the program because in fear – literal fear that you're going to miss something very entertaining or something that's important. Well, and, and that's and that's why back in the uh, Monday Night Wars, that's why people didn't turn from WCW. That's why they didn't turn from WWE because they were afraid they were going to miss something. Right. Now, and, and here's a big th- here, here, here's a, a big example of that. The night Mankind won the WWE Championship. WCW ruined it. But what happened? So many more people tuned into WWE that were watching WCW. They wanted to see Mankind win that championship. Right. So they they switched channels to watch Mankind win it because they didn't know what was going to happen. Well, so they moved early. Right. And we as humans, right, we as humans have this thing, I swear we do, called FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. So, like, if... You and me see something historical happen, but this other person didn't. They're going to be jealous because we watched it live. Right. But right. right now, what do we have of that? We don't. We don't have any of that. We haven't had that since probably WrestleMania. Oh, I think the Money in the Bank match was that. I think the Money in the Bank match right. was Definitely. the closest. Um, yep. WrestleMania 36 had the Fun House and Boneyard. Those were probably the yep. same moments. But when it comes to in-ring, like in-the-ring match, we haven't had that. No. We haven't had it. No. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Mick Foley winning the WWE Championship that night 
is not only the highest rated uh, show Nielsen rating of all time, but it's the most watched moment in TV history. Yeah, when it comes to live, when it comes to live, live, live entertainment, live sports, right? Because obviously, like the the shuttle landing, the moon landing, and nine eleven, all, all of that is was more watched. But but when it comes to live sports and live entertainment. McFoley winning a championship is the biggest moment. Yeah, and it's one that the most watched moment. It's still looked at today. I mean, it. Oh yeah, it still is. It just. It still is. But what what moment? We don't have those moments right now, and that's I agree. They they need to have that type of moment because that's what we desperately need um, for one of these shows. Whether it's Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, AEW, or NXT. we just don't have that. It made, and I tell you what, AEW has a great chance for that Saturday night. A huge, they, a great, they, great they chance. They do. They really do. They really do. But, but that they just got to execute. Yeah. They got to execute. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, Rachel, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Wrestling News Central. Uh, we'll be back this weekend um, with something really good, I whether it be just discussing SmackDown or. We are. Do you know when we're going to record? If we're going to do it on Saturday before the pay per view, or if we're going to do it on Sunday? Let's do Sunday. You know, we're we're hopeful. We can, we can for, discuss SmackDown and the pay per view. Yeah, we're hopeful that uh, we're going for a round of golf Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. If uh, we'll uh, we'll see what the financial situation looks like. Financial situation, and uh, we may or may not need uh, floaties. <laughs> we may need floaties. I tell you what. Living in Ohio here over the past couple of days has been the past week really is a lot of rain a lot of flooding a lot of rain a lot of flooding a matter of fact i just bought a jet ski last night so uh and i'll gonna... tell you what we got a we got a, a big downpour monday night and i play i went outside at two o'clock three o'clock in the morning i played in the water i'm not gonna lie i'm not, I'm not ashamed i went outside and played in the water i can just picture you now in the rain boots and the yellow jacket and everything just... no i went out i went out barefoot with a, a sweatshirt and shorts and i and I say play. I just walked through the water. Nah, I, I like to imagine you just hopping around with a big old chagrin <laughs> on your face with an umbrella. Yeah, you just know. <laughs> if only I could make I had to make t-shirt. sure the house wasn't going to. I had to make sure the house wasn't going to flood. We 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 will we will have something for you. We will, we will have a lot to talk about this weekend. Yep, and that will do. It and see you this weekend on Wrestling News Central. All right.